Hi and welcome to the farm. Today we're talking with Sarah Cass about homesteading and it's all about goats. Stay tuned to find out more. Do you want to start composting but want to make it easier, better and smarter? Monty Monitor, paired with our app Monty Mobile, is a smart composting duo for you. To get started, download the Monty Mobile app on your phone and create your account in just a few easy steps. Connect your Monty Monitor, let the data sync and see the results of your compost instantly. If you're wanting to take your composting to the next level, head to montycompost.co and reduce your carbon footprint today. Sarah, thank you for having me and talking homesteading. So tell me about yourself and your goats. Okay. We bought our farm here um, near Brocklehurst and uh, it was only a small farm. Um, my husband and I are both from big properties. Um, I'm from about west of Tottenham and he's from a farm near Belladoran, which is towards Gilgandra. And we always wanted to have a farm for our kids to grow up. And so we bought this block here. It was only... 70 acres and um, at the time I was housebound with three children but I had all these plans to buy chalks and have my horses here and goats. <laughs> I grew up with goats so I couldn't wait to get a goat but you know when you've got three kids you're sort of housebound for a while so it, it eventually came to a stage where I think my youngest Tessa was, she's two, a soap recipe online where you make it from scratch and I remembered how the girls were always really good when it was from natural, nothing in it but, you know, oils and just you could control what was put in it. This is great, so I started making it and then I thought, oh, I could one up this and, and put goat's milk in it. And I said to my husband, I'm going to go buy a goat. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, whatever. <laughs> and then I researched um, what goat I wanted, what breed, and um, I came across Toggenberg's. I was limited with choice because we live in Dubbo. Yeah. And at the start it was really strange because I made my father-in-law come with me because he's um, off the farm. And this lady said, oh, I've got one here for you. And it was a big herd of goats, like probably 20. And this one goat just walked straight out and started nibbling my hand. And she said, you know what, that's the one that I've got picked out for you. And I thought, oh, well, this one's nice. I'll take her then. She already likes me. Yeah. <laughs> and she was great. Anyway, no problems at all. Yeah. She took, she was like a pet dog. Yeah. Loved me. Um, was happy here, she got fed, she, I don't know, fitted in with the dogs or the chooks. I'd never seen her once worried about being by herself. She yeah. was just the most beautiful goat. And she was actually pregnant when she came here, so she was going to drop. And when she did, it was two girls. Yeah. And mum and dad laughed and said, oh, you, can, you guys can only breed girls because we've got three daughters. <laughs> and dad said, that's great, that's a good start to your stud. <laughs> and it was. Um, so... I started milking Violet when her twins were born and started putting it into the soap and it took, I'm fascinated with the science of the soap and everything and I mucked around with the recipes over and over and over again until I got it perfect, absolutely perfect um, and I made it so that I can put as much fresh goat's milk in as possible because I had this goat and I was milking it and I had all this milk and I wanted to not waste it. So our soap does have a lot of milk in it. Yeah. <laughs> I can guarantee that. But 
I had to make sure everything else remained stable in the recipe so that um, it was still a good hard bar that would last a long time but at the same time have lots of bubbles and be very cleansing. So it took a long time. Uh, so I built up a little herd of all these beautiful girls and during the drought I had to make some hard decisions. Um, so I always register our girls and um, they get sold and most of them actually go out west to homesteaders, <laughs> to, to be honest. I've been milking since 2016 and I've been doing soap since 2016. I um, was a hairdresser before I had the children, um, but I haven't gone back to hair, I still cut them. I haven't gone back to um, working in a shop yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, which is, it's nice to work from home, really nice. Yeah. You know, I can go to town if the children have something on at school and yeah, yeah. it's been good. So let's talk goat setup. <laughs> <laughs> so when you first bought the goats home, or your goat Violet home, yeah, yeah. and as your herd has grown, what are the must-haves to have goats um, in the paddock and on the farmstead? Yeah. And then when you, if you're going into milking? Okay, well... Don't even think about it if you don't have the fencing set up for goats. Yeah. They just, I don't know how they do it, they just get out. Yeah. It's like a challenge and they're like challenge accepted and they just will get out of anything, anything. So you've got to have really good fences. Um, I ended up buying proper goat panels um, from the guy at Gullymore Welding yeah. just to keep them contained. <sighs> There's this horrible stage between when the baby, the baby goats are six months and 12, and 12 months old where they can fit into anything and get out of everything. So I bought those goat panels and I've got tons of them now and I've got a massive area and that's where they go when they're that age because they can get into everything, everything. <laughs> and you've got, you really have to think about your fencing if you're going to do goats. Yeah. Electric fencing would be preferable. Yeah. Um, I have found mine are very routine. Yeah. And uh, the older ones leave the younger ones. So my girls are quite happy to be led down to the big front paddock and they spend all day in the big front paddock. That's their usual routine. Um, so I'm lucky. I haven't got electric fencing in the front paddock, but it seems that it's worked for four years. There's lots of feed in there, so that helps too. <laughs> um, my milking setup, when I first started, I was just trying to go it up and doing it on the ground. And then a friend said, Oh, well, rang me one day and said, oh, there's a milking stand here at the Ballymore auction. Do you want me to bid on it? And I said, yeah, just, I don't know, bid $20. And I got 20 Yep. So that was my milking stand. Um, I have contacted Ballymore Welding to make one eventually. Yeah. Um, and he gave me a price and I thought, yeah, well, I'm, I've been doing it since 2016. I really should get a proper one. Um, when I trained the goats to milking, break them in yeah I actually put them in a headlock <laughs> which is like the cattle crush type yeah and um yeah train them to milk they yeah. don't like it at first yeah but they soon get used to it yeah. and they soon realize there's a bucket of feed there and I'll just do what she wants and yeah I'll just eat my feed and she'll go yeah, yeah. it yeah. takes a while um most people find their way yeah uh I never really the headlock thing isn't pleasant because they carry on like a pork chop but um it's safe, for me it's safe for them, yeah. and no one's going to get hurt. And they soon break in, once they know they're getting a feed. Um, the milking stand, I, I love my milking stand because I'm so used to it. Um, it. Yeah, I think you get used to things. 
Like when I was a hairdresser, I had the same barber's chair for like a decade. And I remember once I had to go and move to another lady's chair to do a haircut and I didn't know what to do. All of a sudden everything went vacant. So I think you get used to your own area. Um, So yeah, I thought about getting into a milking machine. Yeah. But then I thought I'd have to clean it every day. Yes. (laughs) And I sterilise it and things like that. And then I thought, I'm not doing that. I'd rather hand milk. Yeah. And I've got my girls so that I can hand milk really quickly and it's done in, I don't know, you've seen how quick. Yeah, not yeah. Really. Um, I'm usually listening to a podcast so as we go. So, <laughs> um, I don't know, it's just such a big part of my life now. Get up, put the dishwasher on, wash the clothes, hang the clothes out, milk the goat. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just another That's thing to be done. Yeah. And I've got fresh milk all the time. Uh, I don't mind drinking the milk. Um, my husband's a bit funny about it. <laughs> Um, the children will drink it, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been lovely. I love goats. Yeah, you know, I've always loved goats. <laughs> they do need so much food. Yeah. Um, I, I feed. They always have oats all year round. Yeah. Um, it's expensive having goats. Much more expensive than I ever thought to keep the condition on them, to keep them all through pregnancy. Like they get pregnancy toxicity from not having enough when they were first conceived and all yeah. sorts of things. So you've got to um, always keep that food up to them because yeah. it's such a huge milk production. I, if I milked um, Nancy right out, I'd get four litres, yeah. you know, and um, I actually leave the kids on the mothers yeah. and milk. Yeah. So there's enough for me and there's enough for them. They usually drop twins yeah. um, and usually girls. Uh, we have had a few boys, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, they need a lot of food. We always supplement with hay, yep. loose and hay, oat and hay. Um, oats all year round. Uh, they get it at night because I lock them up at night. Yep. Uh, hobby farms, there's always someone's darling pet dog running around at night, so I'm not going to risk, risk that. Yep. And um, so they're in proper panels. They cannot get out of them, yep. and they know that. Um, and they get their supplement in the morning when I milk them yep. and at night and then they get let out to graze in probably 20, 30 acres. Yeah. Yeah. But they, unless you live somewhere where there's a lot of grass, yeah, I don't, you'd have to supplement. Yeah. I think. So Sarah, you've got horses, goats, chickens, peacocks and a nice range of animals here. Would you say that the goats are about a medium animal to raise and look after or are they more on the higher scale? Where would you put them? Well, you've got to milk them. Yeah. I can't leave. Yeah. So whenever we have a holiday, I have to arrange for someone to come and milk the goats. Yeah. You are locked in. It's been a real learning year for me um, because they're not like the goats where I grew up that were feral that we went on our horses and found babies in the bush and raised on a bottle. Yeah. They're indestructible, those ones. These ones are a little bit soft. (laughs) (laughs) They're, They're easy to... I always heard, you can't kill a goat, but you can. <laughs> so it sounds like it would go chickens, peacocks, horses, goats. Yeah. <laughs> so putting goats into that yeah. harder category. Milking goats anyway. Milking goats anyway. Yeah. Um, meat goats, I reckon they'd be, yeah. they're just like dogs, goats. Yeah. So meat dogs would be great. Yeah. <laughs> so once you got the fencing, yeah. meat goats would be fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, li- oh, yeah. I'd like to um, one day get into meat goats, actually. Yeah. But... Um, Again, fences, yeah. and we've got the wilter pole, and we've had them for 12 years, and they're great. Yeah. 
Absolutely love them. So if someone was getting into goats for the first time, Sarah, what would be your top tips, tricks and hacks? Buying a goat for the first time. Try and take someone that knows about goats with you. Yep. And not just goats, milking goats. Yeah. That was my thing. I didn't know I knew about goats but I didn't know about milking goats. Yeah. Um have a vet phone number ready to ring or someone knowledgeable. Yeah. Um have somewhere safe for them to go. Yeah. Um I don't like goats being tethered. I know people do it, and we used to do it at, at the farm at Tottenham, but um, it's not a nice life, I don't think. Um, that's why I'd rather um, pay for fencing. Yeah, in the free range. Yeah. Uh, I know some people do it. Uh, they're great grazers. Yeah. If you have something that needs eating down, like a paddock, but yeah, they're great for that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, milking goats, be prepared. When you start milking for the first time, don't cry over spilt milk. Yeah. There's going to be a fair bit of that. <laughs> I remember being so angry at myself because she trod in the milk bucket and I was so angry and so upset, you know. But yeah, just chuck it away. Tomorrow's another day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll get there. You'll find your own routine. Um, Have patience with yourself and yeah. your own. <laughs> now, I make cheese as well. Yeah. And when I'm milking just for soap, I'm not as strict with the milk, but um, if it's for us to eat, I just go overkill and I have, what I do is, the little thing I do is I put cheese cloth over the top of the bucket so I'm milking straight through the cheese cloth so it catches any hair or any leaf, you know, and it's a sterilised bucket, I'm just fanatical if I'm going to make cheese because, you know, you've got to have it so fresh and so perfect. Um, but yeah, when it's just for the soap, I'm not too worried about it because yeah. I do, you know, put it through a filter before it goes into the soap but it's going to be going through the soap process it's going to kill anything anyway yeah um but yeah uh if you're going to make cheese yeah you've got to be pretty clean with the milk and everything from the get-go yeah so Sarah can you tell me who's in your family who makes up your family um my husband Greg myself and our three daughters Mary she's 13 Amy's 11 and Tessa's 9 so yeah, they're all growing up. And, yeah. and you grew up on a farm at Tottenham. Yeah. And your husband from Belladoran. Yeah, yeah. Belladoran it is, which is uh, north of here, on the same railway track. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it's just outside of uh, Gilgandra. Yeah. So his family farm there, been there for uh, generations. So our farm at Tottenham was uh, near a place called Bogdan, and uh, mum and dad were wheat and sheep farmers out there. So it was six thousand acres. So we grew up. Uh, I didn't leave there till I was 17. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, we grew up pretty isolated, really, yeah. when I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I had a friend go out there recently because she works for um, National Parks and Wildlife or something like yeah. that, and she knew about Bogota because I talked about it, and she came back and she said, oh, my God, you weren't lying when you said you lived in the sticks. <laughs> I said, oh, well, it didn't feel like it at the time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it was pretty isolated. So yeah, and we wanted to have a farm for our children. When you first moved to this block, uh, what was the first things you put in place to raise the girls here and then to look after your animals here? First thing I did was put gates on, because the people who lived here before had sort of a fence up, but no gates. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's great. The kids will just, when they're toddlers, they'll just make a run for it. And so the first thing I did was put gates on the house yard so I could safely contain the children. They're like goats. Yeah, <laughs> they'd be monitored all the time. Yeah. Um, and I bought this place because growing up on a 
merino farm. The, it was set up in the, even though it's seven acres, the fences, the paddocks set up in the seven paddocks, yeah. laying way, great set of yards. Perfect. The only problem was it didn't have a stand, yeah. a shed, a shearing shed, because the stand sells like, oh well, I'll have a look at these shedding sheep. Yeah. And it's been wonderful, like, as far as I always wanted to have, so we've got about, I don't know, 40 head of sheep that we've yep. always ran. Yeah. So they're just pure wheel to pole that we got from Rita down at your Yeah. And uh, a little starter pack we got when we first moved here. And um, yeah, we just breed them every year and I sell off the use to hobby farmers. Yeah. Um, so I was more, once I got my sheep organised, that's when I, yeah, because you know, sheep is easy for me. Yeah. But the goats was, that was completely different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, it was good. It had a good dam on it. Um, it had good water. Yeah. When you're buying a farm, it's all about the water. It's got to have water. Yeah. Bore water. Got to have bore water. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and a good dam. Uh, so, yeah. I was looking at all these things. Good fences, good paddocks. It had all been divided into good-sized paddocks. Um, it had been cleared. Thank you for joining us here on the farm. I hope you've learned as much about milking goats as I have today. If you've enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more stories about homesteading, rural life, and being a mum on the land. Even if you are moving to the land for the first time, please like, subscribe, and follow along for more tips, tricks, hacks, and stories about moving to the land.